Hello, and welcome to the Week in Review. I'm SD Wicket, uh, seemingly the new host of this show. Um, Mr. Curzon is uh, seemingly uh, not returning for, for the foreseeable, but we, we wish him the, the, the best of luck, our, our dear and beloved boss. Uh, I'm joined, as ever, by uh, the the purveyor of black pills, the uh, the crusader against microplastics and demographic collapse, Luke Perry. Luke, how are you, sir? More importantly, um, what's uh, what's how's the weather? It, we, we shall start with the the most pressing topic at hand: um, the weather. It's uh, the theme of this week has been refreshing. You know, we've had a just near enough a full-on full month of 30 degree heat, kind of 35 degree heat, it even hit 40 degree heat in Heathrow, you know, where they conveniently record the highest temperatures near airports with blazing tarmac. But um, yeah, it's been a nice cool off. We had a few rain, a few torrential downpours in the southeast. So we're all cooled off, ready for the grand finale of summer until autumn hits and winter bites. So it's going as um. Well, not according to plan. This is just how the seasons work. But um, I think you know the the typical British summer is now back in fashion. Yes, it's it, it's it's been a weird. One. Although I've always I've always noticed that there's a weird thing in the UK where we almost get punished for having this for having hot days. You know, you, you can't have more than five hot days without there being some sort of thunderstorm. Um, and so so today, I mean, we'll 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 get into this more in more detail later on. But today, I was in the uh the post office depot in my town um which you know uh the experience of which will will come to define the the latter half of the of today's podcast but i was in there for about an hour for reasons that we'll get into later on and in the time that i was in there there was a torrential downpour uh sandwiched by sort of nice tepid sun so that, it's, it's sort of quite a warm evening now but uh yeah it's um seems seems that the the the, the passenger into autumn isn't quite here yet Oh, well, it's it's still still mid-August, really. The, the season's not exactly at set dates. You know, it doesn't become first September and then the pine cones start falling. Yes. You get to uh, play conkers and all that jazz. Yes, throw leaves at each other. <laughs> yeah, we, we live very innocent lives, unlike uh, our countrymen. Um, so let let's get into the uh into the, the discussion and and we'll start with where we left off last week which was um the uh the uh, attempted murder of the author Salman Rushdie um of course the uh the author of the notorious uh, satanic verses um now he was uh he was stabbed in the uh, liver neck thigh and hand and may lose an eye um firstly it's just miracle that that the guy survived that i mean he's you know he's in his 70s and that is you know a remarkable amount of trauma to survive but the the good news is is that mr rushdie has seemingly survived his injuries he is now on a long path to recovery but it seems you know he will actually survive and um the 24 uh, year old uh, man who um who i i i, I won't name because i i don't want to give that pond scum any sort of notoriety um will uh, hopefully spend the rest of his life in a four by four cell. Well, luckily, it's one of the only few things the US has over us, and that is supermax prisons. Hmm. And um, 
I'm not sure what, what, what the law is in New Jersey, of course, the federalised country, all 50 states differ on their laws regarding attempted murder. But I, I just hope that and it's, it sort of has done. It has sent, number one, a shockwave through the eastern seaboard of the United States, because this happened in New Jersey by someone who was born in New Jersey, sort of pushing to bed the myth that um, integration has worked or has even happened. And uh, of course, it's sent a shockwave through here because Rushdie, although a US citizen now, uh, did um, spend most of his life here. It's where he uh, he made his name. And this is, of course, where he was based under 24-7 police protection when the Ayatollah of Iran issued a fat, well, basically a murder decree against Rushdie. And uh, in this country, we also, of course, saw just the start of Islamist militancy, not, not as a result of the satanic versus is, is, Islamist militancy should... Um, it should not exist, regardless of whatever rights we have and whatever we choose to publish about their beloved faith. Mm-hmm. But that's just where you saw the creeping terror first latch itself on, onto this nation, and which, of course, has not been dealt with and has grown ever still. We have, of course, still a grammar school teacher in hiding because he showed uh, pictures of Mohammed. Mm-hmm. And uh, across the pond, a teacher was beheaded for doing the same. Mm-hmm. So... Rushdie, um, of course, he's had basically a death threat over, um, well, half of, half of his life by this point. It was issued in 1989, the fatwa, and uh, this is of course, the, the closest the Islamist militants have gotten. But what also is worrying is that these keep happening. We seemingly grown numb to it ever since the, the, the Charlie Hebdo massacre. It's just been, so we've just seen this on repeat ever since on our TV screens. Mm. And the problem has only gotten worse. Particularly here and in Europe, I mean, it's still quite a rarity in the US um, since 2001. Um, and what I find very bizarre about, about this story is that uh, the attacker has actually g- given an interview to the New York Post um, in, in which he said that he, uh, he only read a few pages of the, of the Satanic Verses. Um, and that uh, he he left it vague that the uh, fatwa had inspired him, but he said that he respects the Ayatollah. Um, the, just very bizarre that he, he talked to the New York Post. Uh, he was allowed to talk to the New York Post. I mean, very often with these cases, the the attacker is kept under lock and key and perpetual watch pretty much between their incarceration and trial. Yeah, they, be- they become a national security risk um, yeah. even after they're convicted. But, well, it, it certainly gives, I mean, um, it, it, even when the, the knife was plunged into poor Rushdie's neck, we sort of gathered what the motive was. There could have only been one thing. And um, when the internet found um, the, the attempted murderer's Facebook post, it, it's clear that he was an Iranian ultra-nationalist, inspired by a fact that, well, that was delivered mm-hmm. uh, before he was born. Mm. I mean, if you, if you have any doubts on the, on the, on the, on the motivation, I mean... Um... There's an article here on, on the BBC of all places that, you know, that, that has the attacker quoted as saying, you know, that Salman Rushdie was someone who attacked Islam. Um, you know, that, that's kind of, you know, if that doesn't point directly to um, motive, then, you know, nothing does. Yeah, and um, we've been able, of course, to have a look at what the press is saying in the, the Islamic world, and um, they, many are sympathising with the attacker. The, the Iranian um, state media put out a, a caricature of Rushdie. They brushed up his hair to resemble devil horns. And the, the caption that the headline read, 
the devil has been blinded in one eye. So we basically have a foreign pariah state calling for the murder of someone who is not their citizen, someone who's very far away. But it seems that their words, their poisonous words, have um, borne fruit for them. Hmm. Put it hmm. Yeah, and I, th- I think that's uh, at the moment all that really can be said for this incident. You know, um, it's just it's it's. I'm very happy to hear that Mr. Rushdie survived the attack, or sorry, uh, Sir Sam Rushdie su- survived the attack, and um, uh, you know, sickened by the um, actions of the attacker, and you know. Um, Hopefully, you know, this, this is the last we ever hear of the guy. Um, now, moving on to an incident that happened close to home, um, which sort of implanted itself in my head like a parasite and just made me feel sick to my stomach since reading about it, was the, uh, the incident of a, um, a fatal stabbing of an of a, of a 87-year-old man in London who was seemingly surrounded unprovoked while he was on a while he was on a mobility scooter and uh, stabbed to death by a, by a, a, a gang of uh, roving thugs yeah we've gone from um the Rushdie case which was heavily premeditated to um a murder that has seemingly been unprovoked and both are equally frightening he was stabbed in broad daylight in a major city he was, I mean, it's, it's been clear for perhaps a generation now that the streets of London are not safe. Mm. And um, he's just been the poor victim of a, of a really ruthless and violent gangster culture. And we saw, I think, in central London um, a, a few days beforehand where um, stores were just being looted. Mm. But the gangs of lovely teenage and young men were just storming shops and robbing everything they could see in full view of the police, mind you, who, of course, are pathetic and useless. And the, the, the criminals, those those who want to steal and those who want to kill, have, have sort of been let loose. And this has only sort of worsened since the turn of the century with the removal of stop and search by a so-called conservative government. And um, just a degenerate gangster culture that has infested the young that has been allowed to let loose i mean we saw the, the rise of drill rap last decade yeah it's it, it's a, it's a completely imported culture um and it's it, it's one that almost faces no regulation because you know any uh anything other than complete veneration of you know quote-unquote urban arts is you know deemed to be um a horrific thought crime where you know it, it is music that ultimately consists predominantly of braggadocia around many unsavory things including you know violent assaults and murder and one thing that you're always told is that you know oh it's only it's only insular within gangs i mean you know if you're a member of the public then you have nothing to worry about which is which is which is utter crud i mean you know um how do gangsters make their money yeah, this yeah. was this was an eighty-seven-year-old man. Even even if there was a sort of verbal altercation, what threat does an eighty-seven-year-old man on a scooter provide? You know, from from all accounts, he was a nice, wholesome old man who came originally from Ireland, who would play the accordion outside a tube station. You know, um, and he was surrounded. I mean, you know, um, we we know very little objectively of the motives as the attacker has just fled the scene um 
and so far no arrests have been made. I mean, I, I wouldn't be surprised if it was racially motivated um, because, you know, if you, it, to, to compound the cultural ascent of, you know, gang and drill culture in, in London is also um, coupled with an increasing sort of Rwanda-esque rhetoric against, you know, um, the, the, the native and surrounding population. And, and you know, the, f- the fact that an 87-year-old man was surrounded and stabbed and essentially executed in broad daylight you know, it's, I wouldn't be surprised if, if that was the, the method. But also, like the the police aren't going to solve this. They they they're completely useless. I mean, they're they're too busy painting their painting their cars indigo and violet and going to pride parades. You know, and and harassing you know law-abiding citizens. They have they have they, they haven't the means or the will to actually stamp this this, this kind of culture out. Um, and it's an indictment of so many things. It's like I remember the first episode of the show. Uh, back when we, back when we used to each bring a story of our own, um, I covered the um, the murder of Ollie Stevens, which I, which I think is um, a, a crime that captures a snapshot of our uh, zeitgeist. You know, a thirteen year old boy lured out of his home by by a young girl and confronted and stabbed over over beef on Snapchat. This is a sort of similar thing. This is a, this is a crime that that provides a snapshot into where we are right now as a society. And it's one that is bleak and only only going to get bleaker. There's there's a natural law of the universe, and you'll find this all throughout the animal kingdom as well. It's not to do with humans, and it, it just simply says the strong survive and the weak can eat. The states in a supposedly civilized human society is supposed to have the monopoly of violence, and it is supposed to restrain the bad guys. It is supposed to stop gangsters and petty criminals. But as we've seen throughout most of the Western world, that the police are deliberately or otherwise incapable of doing so. I mean, that, that, that's of course later. That's of course due to the numerous you know, social revolutions that happened to the police, pinning the cause of crime uh, on society rather than the criminal, and um, of course recruiting uh, people who really shouldn't be police officers for many reasons, physical weakness being one. But and that's of course, that's created a vacuum. When you have a vacuum, the most ruthless and bloodthirsty people rise to the top. It's, it's how, uh, looking to a, far, to a faraway land, that's how ISIS was able to conquer lots of Iraq and Syria so quickly, because they were the only people with AK-47s. And it was sort of seen in London when, when this lawless culture that does prey on the weak and innocent has been allowed to, to allowed to flourish hmm. with the current culture of you know talks on you know systemic racism nothing will get done about it mm-hmm. people should just continue fleeing the capital as well, they have been doing in droves it 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 very much speaks to two things the first being well two things that that kind of walk arm in arm being you know anarcho tyranny and the post revolutionary state which often uses criminal elements to almost provide a create a culture of fear in which the state can sort of you know um up its up its power i mean the, the on on the first matter i mean as i said earlier you know, the, the police would much rather devote resources to you know combating hate incidents on, on twitter you know someone just you know replying to a met police tweet saying gay they would much rather you know then, then actually you know um 
Like, and also, like, if you if you if you walk around London and you see the caliber of police outside of you know like the elite armed units and like the bodyguard units who are actually physically capable burly men, what you see is these scrawny balding men and women who do not stand a chance against a hardened criminal. You know, yeah. like it's almost like cruel to put them in that situation where, you know, they're up against that, that sort of person who clearly, as we've seen, has no qualms around stabbing a stranger to death. Yeah. And, and the second is, you know, the post-revolutionary state where um, if you look at like the Soviet Union, um, where they essentially emptied prisons and asylums and unleashed these criminals onto the street to sort of destabilize um the 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 urban areas um you know if you if you do believe that the state holds not necessarily a monopoly on violence but the most efficient means of violence i.e military weaponry automatic weapons that sort of thing then this thing carrying on as it is unencumbered or being stamped out same with immigration is simply a matter of political will of which there is none clearly yeah, and as you said, um, the most frightening about it is that the degradation of our urban areas is by design. So the police have the resources. They have the money. There's more police officers now than there ever has been. But, as mm. I say, that, that's not really a transpired interaction. This is why the, the Tories can say, okay, we'll have 20,000 20, more police officers. We're, we're understaffed. But no, they're not. That's just the PR tactic. Yeah, it, it is It is not and probably never has been a matter of um, police numbers. It's the allocation of resources, the, met, the methodology and approach to policing, the teaching in police colleges that have created a completely limp police force that is unwilling and unable to do anything about this scourge. Um, and this isn't just, you know, this isn't a one-off incident, nor, nor was Ollie Stevens. This is the 59th murder in London this year, and the sixth in the, in the last week, you know, not to mention many that either haven't gone reported or just haven't been addressed yet, you know. Um, Have you seen what um, the, uh, the beloved London mayor has blamed on this crime wave? Go on. There's it's two things. That, uh, I hope you can guess at least one of them. Go on, what would is it, a silly um, little liberal is blame? It, uh, is it a lack a lack of community centres? Oh, close. Uh, the first reason he has blamed is uh, the school holidays. <laughs> and the second reason is the heat wave, because you know when um, it turns thirty five degrees, we suddenly become sadistic killers. Don't don't you know this, Wicket? Don't you know that when yeah, so, it, it, so... it turns that when the thermometer keeps going up, you have to lock yourself in a room, put away all the sharp objects in case you kill someone. Yes, yeah, so it, it, it's commonly known that 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 once a year, uh, the Costa del Sol region of Spain becomes a murder hotspot for British expats. You know, it's uh, yeah. you know, <clears throat> or yeah, yeah. Well, no one lives I, in I the Sahara Desert. I remember being 14, you know, like between July and August, I would just go out and just start stabbing, you know, like that, that I, yeah. I, I live for it. And that's a lot, of, a lot of, a lot of bull, you know, it's, it's, this is, again, this is someone who by nature of being a liberal progressive believes inherently in a recidivist crime policy. There is no actual no accountability. There's no, no accountability. There is no punishment. And, and I, I do genuinely believe that for, a society to 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 function it needs it needs taboos 
And there need to be certain things, certain behaviors, certain patterns that if you engage in them, you're screwed. Your life is done. You know, like it, it may not necessarily have to be the death penalty, but there should be certain things that if you do them, you are permanently, irreversibly and ruthlessly removed from society because you are a threat to it. Yeah. You know, someone who will, someone will, who, who will do something so callous and even even if you discard that not have the conscience to hand themselves in and go on the run and sort of you know probably brag about it to his mates should not be walking around and and right now is yeah you know like i i I have family who live in like that part of london my sister lives in that part of london you know like you know it's it it becomes personal when the when when the is incapable of allowing those people to capable of preventing that from happening um and also you know it's it is ultimately a symptom you know it's a symptom of a of a morally fallen society or at yeah. least at least at least okay, no, at least in pockets you know you aren't seeing you know oxygenarians getting stabbed to death unprovoked in devonshire or in cornwall or in essex or in buckinghamshire you know it's only urban areas and it's only certain groups yeah well because that's where what well, the, the urban areas is where you know hardcore progressive politics does take its physical form so to speak in the in the rural areas you'd only ever encounter it in like if you commute into the city and then there's like a pride banner in your workplace or something or you see the the, uh, the usual brainwashing adverts on the tv but the the, the urban areas are, are of course manned and staffed by uh this this new civilization so to speak it's it's going to turn out very badly and as i said progressivism is inherently just weakness and that allows the uh, the strong the ruthless and the bloodthirsty to survive and thrive in effect yes it is yeah. um it it is the 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 political pathology of managed decline yeah yeah and um on the on the topic of, of managed decline, um, let's talk about um, the unwelcome return of discontent. Um, now, th- this all stems from the week that I've had, in which I've been forced by circumstance to go into our nation's glorious capital, as we've just mentioned. Um, and uh, encountering, you know, train travel, the post office, various other pieces of, you know, key infrastructure. I've had to get, had to get my, my passport replaced recently. And I always thought that this country was quite badly run. Um, like, you know, for me, politics is nothing more than mere administration, you know, keeping things ticking, you know, everything else can come from civil society the, or the culture, you know, as far as like, you know, moralizing goes. Mm. Politics, you know, to me, should be an amoral day-to-day running of the country. And they can't even do that. You know, it is so poorly run. I had to give up. I was going to go to London last night to meet my uh, my mum, my sister and my uncle, who's uh, visiting from Canada. And I couldn't get into London because there were six trains in a row cancelled. Um, I was in the post office twice, both times. I was, I was there for, com- for a combined two and a half hours because in the 
in the in the regional post office depot there was one employee um add to that you know skyrocketing cost of living in terms of fuel food um housing it really does feel like we're in some sort of period of, of discontent i mean my i, I was talking, talking about about this to my to my mother who you know who who lived through the the winter of uh 78 79 um and she said said it is eerily similar you know the country is just has just ceased to function yeah uh, i would not often say this if i didn't have if i hadn't had family close family in this country i'd have left by now and not turned back yeah it's uh, this country is so inefficient nothing works the roads the, the road outside my house hasn't been fixed since in about probably about 25 years there's potholes all over the place really does use suspension in and um, i've got a similar story of me attempting to not to get into the capital but to flee it and uh this was the day uh the the Warnbrook was met up in London so of course I look on the National Rail app on my phone okay I'll best get on this train home otherwise I'm sleeping on the streets tonight and probably getting stabbed so I hike it up to King's Cross so get on the train um, which of course leads to the north and uh, there's one stop before we get out of London at Finsbury Park the train just stops at Finsbury Park without explanation and it's there for about 30 minutes then the announcer comes on and the announcer says Oh, I'm sorry, um, but th this train has been cancelled. And of course, everyone, you know, bows their heads in shame and anger and exits onto, onto the platform. The reason they gave for that train being cancelled, granted, this was a, a day of strike, as all days are, it was for repair. No, it was for general maintenance work. Yeah, on a Saturday night, there's general maintenance work that disrupts an entire train load of people. And so, what was the real sort of salt in the wounds when I was waiting? On, on that that platform was I was dying for a drink went to the vending machine and that wasn't working either hmm. uh, and I never saw that two foot again and I mean the, of course there's also sort of general generalities that are taking place in the country I mean you've probably seen the story about dentists hitting the headlines or, or lack thereof 90% of NHS dentist pre dental practices aren't opening to new patients despite said taxpayers paying into the system that should provide this service, albeit at a subsidised rate. So it, it, you have an essentially a complete severing of the social contract. You have people participating in society, trying to keep it functioned so they can extract the benefits and live ordinary lives. And society and infrastructure system that's incapable of providing that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, it's... Um... And obviously, the 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 winter of discontent was was defined by uh, by striking. Um, you know, there's sort of quite a humorous quote about you know how when the 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 grave diggers went on strike, you know, even the dead had to wait in line, and there were long lines at you know at petrol stations and and and, and so forth. And um, you know, it's um, obviously it's not quite at the rate that it was in '78, but I mean. Um, you know, and this is what I was talking about with 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 Michael when when the, the strikes first came about, which is you know I am a very firm believer in punching up, especially w within the current regime that we live in. Um, but I mean, what what I am opposed to is action that you know does over the, the average person. You know, because not everyone can work via Zoom, not everyone can you know like there are people who 
do genuinely need to get into London to feed their families. Um, and that's kind of that, that, that's that, even more so now than ever, yeah, given exactly. how dependent we are on it. Exactly. On us. Yeah. yeah. I mean, so it's, it's, a, it's a tough moral quandary, but again, you know, um, as you're, as you're saying about, you know, the, the idea of leaving, I mean, the only, the only thing that's keeping me in this country is my undying attachment to it as my home, which, you know, ultimately will mean that I will probably never leave. Um, at least, at least not more than a couple of years. Um, which, which you know, comes with its own folly in that, you know, I will quite possibly stand here idly and watch my nation just completely die on its own feet. Um, but I, you know, I, I, I just simply can't leave. Yeah. I couldn't, I couldn't, leave. I couldn't leave. Well, this is what differentiates us from um, the, uh, the political opposition of the, the, the day and age, which is divided between somewheres and anywheres. Mm. We are we are the somewheres. Hmm. We have strong attachment to this land. I mean, of, of course, my surnames, my grandparents' surnames, they all go back to the um, the Anglo-Saxon days. So, hmm. and I have sort of a social contract in that sense, hmm. to try and do, do the be best for my nation and my people. But oh god, the, the nation, the people are making it difficult. Hmm. But again, as 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 you and I always say, you know, if you ever give up. If you ever feel like giving up hope, just look at a um, early medieval map of Spain. Yes, look look at the kingdom of Astorius in a little mountain pocket to the north, just under the Bay of Biscay, and the uh, Umayyad Caliphates overrunning the, the Iberian Peninsula. And by uh, it took a few hundred years, but um, that the, the tide was turned, mm. the good guys won. So um, there's there's always hope. It's like nations are always nations died, but nations can always be reborn. This nation has been reborn through, I think, crisis more uh, constitutional, I guess you could say, than this one. I mean, the beheading of the monarchy. Mm. It comes mm. back in twelve years. Mm. 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 Well, eleven years, yeah. Um, yeah. yeah, I mean, and, and that's kind of um, that. That kind of becomes our raison d'etre um to ironically use a, use a borrowed french saying um in that you know uh i think you and i and many of the bournemouth staff have sort of accepted the 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 role bestowed upon us as dissidents you know and, and ultimately that comes with the understanding that you may never see the ultimate victory i mean you know the 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 spaniards who first raised arms against the moors um, you know, they they never saw the victory, and nor did their grandchildren. But they did it because it was a worthwhile task. Yeah, uh, same here. I mean, because you know, this obviously this goes far beyond just rail strikes and and hiking costs and spending an hour in the post office. You know, it goes far beyond that. These these are just symptoms of you know a, a terminally ill nation. Um, you know, and and but we we take on the role not because you know we wish to live in the glory days, but because we we wish to play a role in creating it regardless of whether or not we whether or not we we live to see it there's a um a line i take from that that masterpiece of a film known as zulu and it's when the the um the insane preacher leaves saying you're all going to die and one of the the young troops says to the generals why is it as such why why is it us face down the army of zulus make it us all and the general says to him because we're here, lad. Nobody else. Mm. 
Yeah. There's a similar saying, of course, in uh, Tolkien's Lord of the Rings, where um, uh, it it is up to us to do with the time that we are given and leave future problems to future generations when it inevitably becomes their turn in the cycle of history. And also, you don't want to pass down that precedent of, you know, of of deference and kicking it down the road, so then they'll do the same, and then, you know, nothing will be done. And and I think that quote from Zulu kind of sums it up perfectly, you know, why why do we have to do this? Well, because you're here. Yeah. No one else, because no one else will. Mm. You know? And um, that, um, you know, this this mission, this this crusade, this holy war may last... The rest of our lives and 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 if so then so be it so be it so be it and uh i believe that is a, a good place to uh to to leave it off as uh now begins the uh winter of our discontent um to quote the bard um thank you for listening i've been st wicket that's been luke perry um thank you for tuning in and we'll see you again next week cheers